0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I hope all of you are having a great day. My name is Derek Carnijo. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Also, if you have any questions you want answered or topics you wanna to hear me talk about, please let me know. Today, I wanna to talk about the role of news and macroeconomics in investing and how I think about them. Let's start by talking about the news. One of my favorite writers is Ryan Holiday. Through his books, I discovered stoic philosophy and the writings of Marcus Aurelius, which had a big impact on me. In one of his books called Stillness is the Key, there is a chapter where he writes about limiting your inputs. His point was that we all have too much coming at us and this has been amplified by the 24-7 news cycle. He says that we should give things a little space by, for example, not consuming news in real time, turning off our notifications and not trying to stay on top of everything that is happening in the world. I have incorporated some of his his advice. For instance, I don't have any news apps on my phone and for some reason, if an event is important enough, it somehow manages to find its way to my ears. We all know that food has an expiry date but I think information also has an expiry date. A lot of what you see and read in the news today are things that will become pretty much irrelevant the next day. So, th- so a lot of the information we are exposed to is actually noise. Here is a fun experiment to try at home. Try reading the newspaper one day late and see if it makes any difference. After that, try reading the newspaper one week late. My guess is that it won't make much of a difference. I have stopped reading the newspaper because I decided that it was no longer a valuable use of my time. I think a better way to stay updated is to read weekly or monthly publications like The Economist or Bloomberg Business Week which do a good job of filtering out a lot of the noise that happen in between. Today my information diet consists mostly of financial statements and books. I find that the materials in books are much more durable than news articles there is a heuristic called the Lindy effect, which I heard about from the philosopher Nassim Taleb. He said that when it comes to non-perishable things, the older something is, the longer it is likely to be around in the future. For example, the book The Richest Man in Babylon was first published in 1926, so nearly 100 years ago. According to the Lindy effect, we should expect the book to still be around 100 years from now for a book to still be in print for that long it must mean that the ideas in it are timeless and worth studying i believe that the order in which you consume information also matters when learning about a new business or topic you want to consume you want to start with the facts the first principles and the least biased source of information you also want to give this source of information the most weight in your analysis. My recommendation is try not to start your research by reading news articles or by talking to people because it will cloud your judgement. After you've done the work on the investment, I think it is okay to talk with the, man, with the management of the company and a trusted peer. But you want to be careful of any biases they may have. For example, sometimes the CFO of a company will tell you things you want to hear and use language that appeal to you. What's interesting is that some of the most successful investors tend to leave the financial centers behind. Sir John Templeton settled down in the Bahamas. Seth Klarman operates out of Boston. I think these brilliant minds deliberately place themselves away from the noise. Living in a big financial center like New York and Shanghai can be a lot of fun, but it can also lead to groupthink. On top of that, you are also likely to be subjected to all sorts of stimuli. I am a big believer that your environment trumps your intellect. For example, I tell my mom not to buy ice cream because I know I will eat it. This principle also applies in business. You want to operate in an environment that is conducive to long-term thinking. One of the questions I sometimes get asked is where I think the economy or the stock market is headed. And I really am the wrong person to ask because I honestly don't know. When asked about this topic, the economist John Kenneth Galbraith said, The only function of economic forecasting is to make astrology look respectable. Similarly, when JP Morgan Sr. was asked what he thought the stock market was going to do, he simply said, it will fluctuate and so far that's the best answer I have heard. However, media pundits, market commentators and brokers will keep making predictions and putting out forecasts. As far as I'm concerned, all this information is just short term noise. Perhaps the problem is that my little brain can only handle little things. Most of the things that happen in this world are beyond my understanding. For example, I don't know what interest rates are going to do. If you are are an investor, what interest rates are going to do is important, but unfortunately it is not knowable. So I think it is best to leave it alone and focus on the things that are important and knowable. Understanding the economic model of a business is important and knowable. I believe that it is better to focus on microeconomics and be agnostic about macroeconomics furthermore markets are complex second order systems which means even if your macroeconomic predictions are correct you also have to be right about how the markets will react trying to profit from macro events is very difficult is a very difficult investment strategy and it is not one that i would recommend Let's look at some of the major news events that have happened since 1994. There is nothing special about the year, and the only reason I picked it is because that is the year I was born. So during my lifetime we had dot-com bubble, housing crisis, 9/11, Asian tsunami, Indian banknote demonetization, Brexit, trade war with China, coronavirus pandemic. And these are just some of the events I could think of from the top of my head. The point I am trying to make is that the world is an uncertain place. So you want to own businesses that are resilient because these are the ones that can withstand unpleasant and unpredictable events. Then it becomes a question of not when to invest, but what sorts of businesses or assets to invest in. One of my favourite examples of a resilient business is Brown Forman, the distiller of Jack Daniels whiskey. The company was founded in 1870, so about 150 years ago. But what's fascinating is that from 1920 to 1933, its product was basically declared illegal. Students of American history will know that these were the prohibition years and that the sale of alcoholic beverages were banned. Brown Forman managed to survive by getting a license to sell alcohol for medicinal purposes. Lastly, I think having a strong stomach and an an ability to withstand volatility is important, if not more important than IQ. Having a strong stomach is easier said than done, especially when you are young. In an interview I once heard a really wise investor explain his success and what he said really resonated with me. He said, The secret to success in investing is lasting the first 30 years. That is all for today. Please consider subscribing if you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in.